We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, it's uh, senior senior day, I guess senior night, senior day on Saturday. Um, OSU hosting West Virginia. The season's kind of flown by, but I don't know about you. I kind of feel like this should be the end of the season. I feel like it's been a long year. <laughs> Because you know, normally it flies by and you're like, oh my gosh, where'd the season go? I don't feel that way at all this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel both. I think it's been both long and short, if that's possible. Uh, it's just, it's so, I mean, you look at you look at basketball, you look at, um, you know, the kind of the other sports that we follow. Golf is forever. NBA is forever. And then you look at college football and it's like, wow, that was, that's so fast. And you know, we talk about that all the time. That's the best thing about it. Um, but at the same time, you're right. Like the middle of it, like that Kansas State bi week Texas three week stretch, that felt like about three years. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm with you in that it it feels like it's uh, it's it should be coming to an end, and it's going to be a really interesting last two weeks uh, with the bowl game at stake. I probably more than most people think that the bowl streak is a, is a big deal. Um, I did, I did want to ask you, you know how uh, Mike Gundy and Mike Holder were uh, kind of apparently at odds about these bowl banners in the, in the practice facility or something. <laughs> yeah. Is Mike Gundy going to petition for like a cheese it bowl banner to hang in there? I think they've worked that out. I think he's probably got that in writing. If they make a bowl, just print the banner. Uh, what if, even what if it if, is the Cheez-Its Bowl. What if they go as a 5-7 and seven team to a bowl game? Do, they, do you hang a banner? Yeah, they've already hung banners for all those bowls they've been to. So is it the heart, is, there's got to be a Heart of Dallas Bowl banner, doesn't there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, it doesn't get worse than that. I was at that bowl game. That was that was weird, the whole experience. It was, not, it was like you weren't at a bowl game. Yeah. I, I called it like the zombie cotton bowl because it was cold it was cold and rainy and like you know i'm used to going for ou texas where you can't get within a mile of the stadium there's just so many people i was literally the only person the only person outside the stadium before the game it was like a like zombie apocalypse (laughs) did you see the uh did you see the bowl projections this week well it's cheese it's or bust isn't it well Which I wouldn't hate. The Cheez-Its, I think, is hosted by the Fiesta. So I get to stay at the Camelback Inn if OSU makes that yeah, game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's formerly the um, the Cactus Bowl. Yeah, sign me up. Uh, I think I'm going, by the way. And I like Cheez-Its. You're going, yeah. to just, you're going to the Cheez-Its regardless of OSU's there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the bowl game regardless of where it is if Oklahoma State makes it. Okay. Um, well, so the predict the the where people kind of projected Oklahoma State. ESPN had them in the Liberty Bowl, one projection against South Carolina, the other against Texas A&M. USA Today, Texas Bowl against Tennessee, Liberty, uh, excuse me, Sports Illustrated, Liberty Bowl against Missouri, SB Nation, Cheez-It Bowl against Cal, and CBSSports.com, my employer, Cheez-It Bowl against the University of Southern California. Ooh, that would be fun. Mm, I know. Sign, sign me up for all those. All those matchups are pretty good. Right? It's like uh, Tennessee would be super fun. Playing Jimbo and A&M would be fun. Kind of reuniting yeah. the Big 12. Cal? Yeah, so do you think they're going to get there to a bowl? I mean, they have to win one of these two. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that they're I think that they are I think they're better than their record. I really do. And 
Um, you know, I, I think we've seen that over the last few weeks. They're they're what two plays from being uh, seven and three, and I, I I get it. Like they didn't complete those two plays, but I guess what I'm saying is they played pretty good football over the last uh, you know since the bye week. Uh, the Baylor game wasn't great, but they played well against OU and Texas and. I don't know though. You know, West Virginia is different than OU in that they actually have a defense. And uh, do they? Yeah, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're like they're like top. So. They're like top forty defensively. Well, they haven't played Oklahoma yet, so that that'll hurt. Yeah, they haven't played Oklahoma State either, who's uh, top twenty offensively. So they haven't played two of the twenty best offenses in the country that are on their schedule. Well, speaking of the, the close losses, this is a great stat from from Caden McFarlane in front of the show. Football is one uh, OSU football OSU football is one and four in its last five games decided by a touchdown or less. They were fourteen and one in their previous fifteen one score games. So yeah. that's flipped a little bit uh, this season, and you knew it would eventually. They couldn't just keep keep winning those close games. I think you could argue, obviously, Mason Rudolph was a big reason they won those close games as well, but. It just kind of shows you that, that they've kind of regressed to the mean on the on the one score games. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's you know, if you're a team like Oklahoma State, where you kind of live around that that middle ground of like you're not really gonna like you're not gonna be like Bama, right? You're not gonna just slaughter teams. And I think this is kind of true of the entire Big Twelve. Like OU doesn't really. I mean, other than the Kansases of the world, I mean, they do at times go out and just house people. But like even with Tech, they get into these you know, like just long, you know, high scoring games. They lose to Texas. It's just, I think that's just life in the big 12 a lot of times. And yeah, when you don't have that elite quarterback uh, and when you, when your defense has, has regressed their defense, Carson is, I, I think people are underrating. It's significantly worse than last year. It just is like statistically. Uh, I, I mean, any, any way you look at it, it's just, it's worse. They're not creating turnovers. That's something we haven't talked about. They've only created 10 turnovers this year. They created 44 in 2011. They've created, they've created 10 this year and it's going to end up being their worst year in terms of creating turnovers since, since 2014 probably. And and I think that that hasn't, that hadn't been talked about a lot and that, and that's kind of a big, um, I don't know that that's kind of a big reason I think why they're losing these one possession games. Well, I think that's obviously the biggest reason because I I will say this about the defense this year. I think there's been a lot of times this season during games where they've held their own and they've hung on and they've forced stops, they've forced punts. And in those moments, it feels like the offense could never capitalize on it. I think back to that that Kansas State game. like The defense held up for a majority of that game until the second half. I think of the Baylor game. They mostly held up in that game or you know, th- for throughout most of it. And it just never seemed like OSU could ever quite stream like play, you know, complimentary football with their offense in those key moments. Even in the Bedlam game, they hold Kyler Murray to 14 points. They had real chances to go and take the lead and they couldn't. So it, I, as bad as the defense has been, I do think there's been moments this year where they've stood up and and gotten the stops they needed to, just the offense hasn't capitalized. So then you know, it snowballs and then they end up losing the game. And, and obviously the turnovers is the biggest issue, but don't you feel that way about the defense this year? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And I think it's a completely fair point. Um, But I, I just think that when you give, 
I mean, do you know how many turnover battles they've won this year? They played ten games. Do you know how many games they've had more turnover more excuse me, more turnovers than the other team? One, two, yeah. the two first games of the year? No, one. Boise. That's it. Boise. Okay. That's it. And you, when you when you give your this offense, which is a, a, a pretty good offense, it's been it's been bad at times, but it's been pretty good this year at times. Um, when you give them extra possessions, they're they're gonna there's a high likelihood of them scoring and thus of you winning games, and you're just not giving them those extra possessions. But I I do get what you're saying about like it, it but it's hard, right? Because it seems like when the offense has been awesome. I mean, you could flip it around the other way. Look at the first half of OU, and the offense has been awesome. The defense, uh, they just they were not non-existent, and so you you just you can't, like you said, sync them up and get them both going in in the right direction, and and that's why you've been in so many you know close games throughout the year. For sure. Did you see uh, Justice Hill is not going to participate in Senior Day? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And I have a conspiracy theory for you after you give me your thoughts on that. Well, somebody texted me the other day and said uh, they think that uh, what what are the odds of Justice graduating in May and going to Michigan to play the Dax for a year? <laughs> That's it. That's my conspiracy. Was theory. that was that your theory? Yeah. Uh, he could I do th- that if he wanted to. I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, if you're Justice, wouldn't that be kind of fun? Go play with your brother for a team that's in the college football playoff. Go in a title. Just, just. Gundy just burns the the snowflake mantra to the ground after that. Just how long would how long would Gundy's rant be if Justice were to transfer to Michigan? <laughs> oh boy, that would be uh, it'd be the worst. That's not gonna happen. What if Spencer Sanders went with him? <laughs> <laughs> Shea Patterson didn't he graduating and he a grad transfer, so he might be done oh, up at Michigan. No. No, just the Michigan Cowboys up there. You know, you know I, I don't think that I don't think anything's going to happen with Spencer Sanders. I think that he's going to come back and be the starter to start in 2019. But if something does go down, I said this with with when Bill Haston was on here, that is a disaster. I mean, that is beyond a disaster because then you're starting over with what are you starting over with? I mean, you're starting over for two straight years regardless with a new quarterback. The Costello kid, I guess. I guess, but he's going to be a true freshman. And, you know, I know we're not scared to play a Move Jelani back. Put Jelani in there in the Cam Newton role. I'm not (laughs) done with him yet. That would be awesome. (laughs) No. Uh, You know who really screwed them on this is the the Nick Starkle kid who's at A&M. I mean, he decommitted late. That's the only reason they recruited Woodty, which really set them back a full year at quarterback. Uh, so that it all stems back from that as far as, you know, if Spencer Sanders were to leave, that kind of messed up the kind of the linear uh, recruitment of quarterbacks. I, I thought about that earlier today. Yeah, actually. it's it's an interesting point. Do you even want Nick Starkle, though? Is he good? Uh, I think he's pretty good. I, I He's not even starting at A&M, so I don't think he was like a Mason Rudolph. Yeah. But um, and again, I don't I don't think Justice Hill's going to Michigan. It's just fun to talk about. But um, but no, and I don't think Spencer's going anywhere either. But but I did. Can I can I bust out some sources here on the pod? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. I heard some stuff this week. Okay. About Drew about Drew Brown. Okay. Uh, he was led to believe he'd be the starting quarterback this year, from what I gather. Wow. He was even led to believe 
that he was going to play in the first game. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. So he can't be happy. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. That's what I was told. That's by someone uh, by someone who by someone who would know. That's fascinating. I do want like, which tells me. I mean, I I don't think it was anything. I don't think it was anything malicious by Mike Gundy. I think he wanted to just, he wanted to play Taylor Cornelius, and and for all I know, Cornelius just flat out beat him out, and so he said, "We're playing Cornelius the whole game, and you're not playing." So I don't I don't claim to say that he got screwed or he was being held down by the man. You know, nothing like yeah, that. I just yeah. I think during his recruitment, he was led to believe he was going to be the starter. Well, that's the other thing. Like this stuff changes, you know. Like when when and people come out of come at us all the time about like you know. Well, I thought you said well, like yeah, stuff changes. You know, when I'm saying, I said on your show before the Texas game, like what I've heard is that Drew Brown is like gonna maybe play or is is going to play if it goes badly. Well, guess what? It didn't go badly. Like Taylor Cornelius had an awesome first half, and people were like, oh, you know, you said that, and it's like, well. You gotta, you gotta understand like how quickly these things change, and I think that's what sometimes gets a little bit lost in the conversation. Well, and yeah, I agree. And well, now he, and now he's stuck, right? I mean, he can't transfer. Isn't that the rule? Like he's already used his yeah. I his think that's right. Year. I think that's right. And does anyone think he's going to start over Spencer Sanders? I mean, no, no. I don't know. So that's kind of a that's uh, my ears perked up when I heard that. If you could have anybody from this roster on the on this podcast just to talk and they would they would give you truthful answers about everything, who would you have on? Uh, from this roster? Mhm. I just thought Jaylen, about that. Jalen McCleskey? Is he still on the <laughs> roster? <laughs> 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 Who would you pick? I don't. I, I don't know. I haven't given I, that much thought. I think. I don't think Jalen like had any issues with. I. I, I think Jalen was more about Jalen, right? Like right. I don't. I don't How think he was it being was, used. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there was like malicious well, intent there or anything. Well, I think you were insinuating Drew Brown, right? Just Maybe. To, yeah. Like what sure. happened in that quarterback room? What What was your recruitment like? Yeah. Why did Why did you go to OSU in the first place? I guess would be my first question. Or I might have, I might have because because when you just when you just say it right, it doesn't make sense. Like if this is the situation, and of course I, I understand coaches are never going to guarantee a kid a spot. That that probably didn't happen. They're not going to say, well, you're the you're going to be our best quarterback. You're going to play from day one. Like you're going to have to earn it to a certain degree, obviously. But yeah, it does think... make a little bit of sense why he would transfer to OSU, right? If he was led to believe that. He had a great opportunity to start, don't you think? Or else he would have gone somewhere else. It's just, it's really that simple. The phrase led to believe can mean a lot of different things, right? Sure, sure. I mean, it's, that's tough because then you start like (laughs) breaking down phrases and words and it's like, okay, what are we doing here? But yeah, I, I would, I would be, I think Drew Brown would be the most interesting to talk to. Just total truth, like. Or uh, I would like to hear Tyron talking about Drew Brown and all the quarterbacks. Isn't his Cajun accent just awesome? <laughs> it's it's fantastic. He, he who do you think talks faster, him or Kevin Peterson? Ooh, Kevin Peterson was a mile a minute. Kevin Peterson was like literally impossible to to transcribe. Like you couldn't do it. It was it was a <laughs> fool's errand. 
you couldn't push play and pause quick enough. No, <laughs> it was insane. Um, <clears throat> okay, Carson, we need to we need to give Coop a little shout out. We uh, do not have a guest on this week, so we're going to do another toast. I think we toasted on Monday as well after Bedlam. Um, actually, we're not going to toast. We're going to do the um, uh, player to watch this weekend. So the Coop player to watch. It's time for the Coop Ale Works. Player to watch. Coupe Ale Works. Burn great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA. The Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale or the Refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupe Ale Works. And please remember to drink responsibly. Carson, who uh, are you going to be watching this weekend at the Oklahoma State-West Virginia game? Well, I thought you put out a great stat this today on Twitter. Um, I'm going to go with Tywin Wallace strictly because... He's really got a legitimate chance at the Blitnikoff, which would be their fourth Blitnikoff in nine years. That's which is just staggering to think about. Casey Dunn is lighting up a cigar as we speak. <laughs> he's, but he's, his, take, he's stolen all of Jim Knowles' cigars. <laughs> right. His, Jim Knowles has got confiscated by Mike Gundy. He said no more stogies for a while. Uh, you put out a stat. He's averaging more receptions a game than the past four Blitnikoff winners. Have. That includes James Washington. That includes Corey Coleman. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the graphic now. My computer's running slow. But to illustrate that, he's he's putting up he's putting up more yards per game than James Washington did last year, and he won the Blitnikoff. So I think he's got a legitimate shot at it. But he needs to get another hundred yards and a touchdown against West Virginia on a on you know on an ABC broadcast. That'll certainly help his cause, especially going up against David Sills mano a mano. That'll be a a big indicator who gets to be on the the Big 12 first team as well. But yeah. I'm I'm watching Tylen. He's he's been remarkable this season. I thought he was the best player on the field in Bedlam. We I can't believe how wrong we were about who the best receiver was going to be coming into this year. But man, he's been everything and more, and and really illustrates why stars matter. He's he's been awesome. Didn't I say Tylen? I don't think so. I think we I'm both went sure. stoner. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up. Um, I am gonna go with uh, with Jelani. I like it. I think that here's the thing. So over the last three weeks, I think I think Corn has done a really good job. And I asked him about this, and he downplayed it, just like he does everything. He, he has <laughs> basically no comment on it. He would be last on my list on players' interview, by the way. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, <laughs> anyway, your uh, opened up about it, which I thought was interesting because sometimes he doesn't open up about stuff, but. Uh, he's done a really good job of seeing the field better, uh, th- finding all of his receivers better. And I think the next level to that, the next step in terms of how comfortable you are is is Jelani. I mean, I, I think that Jelani has a real chance to be, I don't know about an elite tight end, but like somebody that's a real part of a good offense. And we've seen we've seen it at times this year, but we haven't seen him have that you know, like three catch, 78 yard game or four catches for a hundred yards or something like that. And, but I think like there's opportunity for it to happen. I mean, they, they run that Dustin Ragusa wrote about this. They run that quick, like pop pass thing where he, I, I don't know all the mechanics of it, but basically like, it's a, it's just like a quick pass to Jelani going over the middle, which who's going to hit Jelani? I mean, who's going to stop Jelani going over the middle. And, and so I'm interested to see if he plays a more prominent part of the offense over the last uh, two games against West Virginia and TCU. I've said it all year. I've been floored at how quickly he's made that adjustment for a guy who played quarterback in high school. 
And I kind of thought it was just kind of a last-ditch attempt just to make some use out of him. They realized he wasn't going to be a quarterback. And remember when they made the move, we're kind of like, yeah, like that's yeah. – decent experiment but that won't amount to much but he's been awesome and I, I think he's got a real chance to play in the nfl if he can learn how to run routes crisply and get open because you can scheme it a lot better in college to get a tight end open in the nfl you got linebackers who run like deer covering you so i think he's got a real chance to play in the nfl if he keeps progressing he's very early on in his career and i'm with you i, I would like to see him featured more than osu hasn't really featured a tight end since Obviously, Pettigrew, but I thought Blake Jackson kind of had a spell there at the, kind of the tight end position. Blake Jarwin was always a little bit underutilized in the, in the offense, and rightfully so. They had a lot of weapons around him. But no, I think you're right. They could use him a lot like they used Pettigrew back in the day, where he gets five, six, seven catches a game. So uh, he's he's been he's a far exceeded expectations. And again, I stood next to him on the field at Bedlam and was just like, this guy is a giant. He's huge. Yeah, he is. Uh, by the way, I've got a paragraph. Can I read you this paragraph from before the season? Fake news. Five predictions for the 2018 season. Don't look at the other four, but <laughs> <laughs> this says Tylen, not Tyron. This feels like heresy, and I might need a hot shower after I type it, but I think Tylen is good, like really good. Like I know OSU went to Tyron with the whole thing on the line against OU last year, but, but Tylen is actually going to be the featured film on the outside this season good. This could be way off base. Who knows? Some of this could be a result of other teams taking away the bag man. But I think number two is going to have a bigger season than number 13. Please remind me of this when Carson crucifies my soul live on a podcast in late November. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> we get we get takes right every now and then. That was a good one. My um, first, I mean, my, 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 <laughs> you acted like, like he was like a – a two-star like i think he's good well yes he's good it's just it, we thought it was a little early in his career to be the dominant receiver of course he's good he's a four-star and a high one at that yeah i i didn't to be fair i didn't think he was going to be this good but i don't know i mean gundy didn't think he was going to be this good and he sees him every day so um my first prediction by the way is that the defense is really good <laughs> <laughs> And by any any time your old predictions are brought up, we have to bring up you thought Josh Cooper would have more receiving yards than Justin Blackman. Yeah, sure. Let's, why not? Let's talk about it. It's my favorite take ever. <laughs> and believe me, I'm wrong plenty, so I'm not acting like I'm above a bad take. Uh, okay. Uh, we need to talk uniforms. Uniform prediction time. Ooh, man, I'm getting my butt kicked in these. Last home game. Let's get to uh, this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, what do you got for for OSU West Virginia? I came up with two different combos before the one I actually picked. This is the most I've waffled all season, which maybe that's a good sign considering how bad my uniform picks have been. I wanted to initially go black helmet, orange jersey, orange pants that they wore in Bedlam to end the year in 2015. Seems like a good senior day combo. I wanted to go black, black, orange because we haven't seen that in a long time since like, 20, yeah. 2011. Yeah. And I ultimately settled on black, orange, black. It's kind of the, the legit. I think it's it's right there with all black for me on, on best home uniform. I like when they wear it. It's a good senior day combination. So I'm going with that, but instead of the the brand helmet that they wore last week, just to mix it up, I think they go with the the black the matte black badge helmet they've worn this season with the black face mask. 
Mm. Or, oh, I might be waffling mid-prediction. I might go Ed Hardy helmet with the black face mask. Okay. Actually, that's what I'm going to do. I'm switching okay. it up. I'm going okay. to go black Ed Hardy affliction with a black face mask. Well, I'm, I'm going to take your badge helmet then okay. and say they go black, black, orange uh, for the for the final I want to see it. Home game. I don't. I don't believe in it. I don't believe that they'll go black, black, orange. But I don't want to just swipe yours either. Um, you say that every week, and I'm wrong every week. So definitely don't do that. Yeah, I guess that's an, that's another good point. I shouldn't be following what you're doing. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm like five behind or something crazy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I th- I, black, black, orange. Both of those are great, though. I, I think they're both awesome. I would love to see either one of them. I think. I think the one that you picked is probably going to end up being the one that they wear. That seems like an unofficial like senior day uh, combo just off the top of my head. Right. I mean, they, they wore it in uh, 13 when they lost to OU. I'm trying to think. I think they wore it in 15 when they lost to OU. Or no, they 15 went all. Was, 15 was black, orange, orange, I believe. Yeah, they went all orange. You're right. Or with the black helmet. Um, I don't know. I don't remember all the the senior days, but that seems like something that they've worn in the past on senior day. Do we know Southwell's prediction yet? Didn't Southwell send his in today? Oh, I think they went black, black orange last year for, uh, for the Kansas game at home. Didn't they? Mm, I don't remember. Uh, uh, Blackwell or Blackwell. (laughs) (laughs) Southwell said orange, chrome, Pete, black, black. That's interesting. Yeah. I could see that too. They yeah. like that one. Yeah. They've worn that against what tech before. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go here one more time from our sponsor, Chris's university spirit. And then we will come back and wrap things up with a little bit of basketball talk. Chris's university spirit on campus corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast. Pistols firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, you watched a little of the Oklahoma State UTSA game on uh, when was that Wednesday night? I guess. Uh, what did you see? What did you like? And what are you worried about for the upcoming year? Well, they got off to a nine and zero, or they were down nine to nothing at the beginning of the game. Um, Mike Boynton said they were still feeling the effects of that brutal, flagrant foul call they got against Charlotte, which is on some 1972 Munich Olympic Games level of officiating, by the way. But um, I really liked Cam McGriff. I thought he was awesome. He even hit a three or two, uh, 20 and 10 from him. And I'm very surprised with uh, with Dizzy. You know, Thomas Dezagua, if he can hit threes at the level he's hitting them, he was four or five last night, he can stay on the floor. I mean, that, that's that's a... That's a specialty, you know. That's a that's a specialty in the NBA level, let alone the college. If you can get a guy who can shoot over forty percent from three consistently, so uh, I was really really pleasantly surprised with Dezagua. If he can if he can hit those threes, he can really space the floor for everybody else. But I'm still kind of learning about this team, Kyle. They have so many new pieces, so many new faces. There's a guy named Luke Major that played last night. He's a 
He's a walk-on freshman. He's a homeschool kid from Edmond, my, my neck of the woods. Homeschooler. You're a, home, you're a homeschooler. You can yeah. appreciate that. I love it. That had to be a crash course going from homeschool to Oklahoma State. For him or for me? Either of you. <laughs> I mean, there's no co-eds walking around the house. Yeah, I think... <laughs> what a quote. Uh, I think that, so I think this is going to be a pretty bad year for Oklahoma State basketball. And I think that's fine. Like, I don't have any problem with that. I just, I hope that people, I'm curious about like what people's expectations are. You know, uh, OKC Dave always does his awesome football survey going into the year. I I, I wish we could have done it, or we sh- I guess we should have done like a smaller basketball one, because I think that the casual OSU fan might think that, just Oklahoma State's going to get better and better under Boynton, whereas I think the reality is this year they're going to take a step back. They just don't have guys. I mean, they've got like they've got these, and I wrote about this today. They've got these pieces that you could see being like assets on a on a championship level team. The problem is they have like two or three of them, and they need like nine of them. And so you've got Cam McGriff, you've got Lindy Waters, you've got, <clears throat> and I'm going to say his name for the first and last time on this podcast. Uh, Isaac Likely, we're just going to call him Ice from now on because that's how he literally introduces himself to people. So they've got Ice, they've got Weathers, who I, I have no idea if he's good. Uh, Curtis Jones, I have no idea if he's good. And so you've got all these different pieces that you're like, I just, it's just hard to imagine them being better than they were last year. That's true. I I would agree with that, but I do I do think it's entirely too early to say. They're going to be worse than last year just because I, I do think Michael Weathers is good. I mean, you just got to look up his numbers from his freshman year. He was the freshman of the year in uh, the conference that Miami, Ohio is in. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Mac. But yeah, is it the Mac? I think so. Yeah. I mean, so he, I think he's good. I think Curtis Jones is good. But obviously, we have to wait and see. I mean, I, I, I think it'll take some time. But yeah, I, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to make the tournament, but. I think there's a chance they could be better than we we think they are right now, especially when Mike Boynton gets going. I mean, he's a good coach. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just I think that I, I I think Waters is pretty interesting this year. I, I'm intrigued to see how his year goes because, you know, he I was looking up his numbers today. He kind of he kind of regressed a little last year in terms of his per forty minutes, but. The biggest reason for that, Carson, is because they weren't utilizing him very much. He wasn't used on a lot of possessions. He didn't take a large percentage of shots when he was on the floor because Kendall Smith and Jeffrey Carroll were so ball-dominant and had the ball in their hands so often. And so I'm interested to see if, if given the opportunity, I mean, his his, num- his like shooting numbers were awesome last year, really, really good, top 10 in the league in uh, effective field goal percentage and all these different advanced metrics. I'm curious to see if – if when he gets the ball in his hands more, if he's able to, can he average 20 a game? Can he, I mean, does he average 18 again? I, I just don't know what he's going to be, but I think he has, I think he has an opportunity to be really good this year. Well, he hit the biggest shots of the year. It felt like last year, didn't he? The, yeah. Uh, the West Virginia comes to mind. Didn't he hit a yeah. big three against Kansas during that run? Probably. So no, yeah. he, he, he tends to rise to the occasion, in the big moments, uh, 20 points is a lot for, I mean, that's Big 12 Player of the Year points per game, uh, but yeah. anything anything north of 14, 15 would be a really solid year for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so they. Go ahead. I was, no, go ahead. 
they play again on Sunday against uh, Charleston, I believe. Um, so yeah, it, it's always it's always awkward in football and basketball. There's wrestling this weekend. You're like, there's just too much going on. I, I need football to be <laughs> over, and then and then I'll look at the other stuff. But you need those cheez its in your life for, now, before you get to basketball. <laughs> now our our guys though, uh, Marshall Marshall Scott and Dustin Ragusa have been uh, have been writing some really good basketball stuff. Uh, Seth Duckworth is covering uh, wrestling. He's doing an awesome job as always. Um, so yeah, the site the site's cranking. But uh, are you going to be in Stillwater this weekend for for West Virginia? Yes, it's on ABC. We're, I think we've set a record this year for how many OU and OSU pre and post game shows we've done. So we're doing the uh, post game show. So right after the game, we'll we'll get to hear from Mike Gundy right after the game live at the podium. So it should be fun. It's going to wow. be cold, I think. It's yeah, be real cold. Maybe they'll write. Maybe they'll write your name in the snow on Lewis Field. <laughs> well, you if you come by the set, you, you will be wearing more than a, just a T-shirt this time. And like our our pregame show against Texas, the weather has changed. Yeah, that was it was beautiful that night. I won't be there. I will not be there. Kyle Boone will be there. You're just saving up for the Cheez Its Bowl. Yeah, I got to save our our funds. I got to save our finances. We got to budget out for uh, Memphis or Phoenix or whatever bowl Oklahoma State ends up in. What's your um, prediction for the game? Uh, this is hard because what, what's the line? West Virginia by six or something? Four? Yeah, something like that. Five or six. Is is this Oklahoma State team really going to beat two top ten teams at home in the same year? <laughs> I don't know. They've only done it four. Think? They've only done it four times ever. Ever. In the history really? of Oklahoma State, yeah, beating two hmm. top ten teams at home in the same season. Well, why not this team? Why not now? Why not Corn Dog? Yeah, I just why not Jim Knowles? I think that I think there was so much emotion caught up in last week's game. I, I just I have a hard time seeing them rebound. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick West Virginia like thirty five to twenty seven. That's a good score. I've got West Virginia 42 to uh, 35. So I think they, they barely cover. I think OSU will put up a good game. I just, this OSU team's been far too consistent, far too inconsistent for me to pick them to beat West Virginia. Yeah. I will say this, though, it's a really good spot for Oklahoma State. You got Oklahoma next week at home for West Virginia. And as you, as you and I have seen with OSU, when they've been in the thick of it, it's so much harder to win in November. When you know what's in front of you, you know the Big 12 titles right there, the college football playoff. Think back to 2011, just how much harder those games got the last two, three, four weeks of the season. So yeah, for sure. I do think it's a really good spot for OSU. I just They're just too inconsistent, and I can see Will Greer having a lot of success against OSU for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I might need to up that, but I'll, I'll go 35-27 for now. It's down to four and a half, the spread. Wow. That's around what the Texas was. I think Texas was a three or three and a half point favorite over Oklahoma State. Vegas thinks OSU's winning. I think with that with that point spread, it's very similar yeah. to Texas. You're right. Uh, Justice Hill's status is probable. Uh, I think we both think he will play. We haven't heard anything different, but uh, that that could be a big factor as well. Yeah, some people think that they'd just rather have Chuba out there. No, stop it. Nobody <laughs> thinks that. I mean, we we all love Chuba, but come on, there, Justice some Hill. Pe- there's some people on our Slack channel that have been just slandering 
number five in favor of number 30. Did, did they forget we, we named him like the third best running back in school history behind Barry and hey, Thurman? I'm not here for the justice slander. I love Chuba, <laughs> but um, he can he can wait. Uh, I will. Did Justice ever have a big fumble like that? I feel like maybe the Texas he had a, he had a fumble against Texas Baylor his freshman year. That was a big fumble. He had two. So the, the Chuba parallels are there. I know he had two of them that game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they and they lost. They were that was the last time they they were two and two after four games that year, and they went hmm. on to play OU for the for the Big Twelve title in Norman. That was, a, that was a bad Baylor team, but too. yeah. Yeah, they weren't good. That was like the the fallout from the Bryles stuff and all that. Um, they so they still had some like remnants. They still had some guys, but that they just they weren't that good. Well, if, we're, if you're going to the Cheez Its Bowl, if we're going to the Cheez Its Bowl. I guess we're we're going to, have to predict OSU to beat TCU. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at that game uh, over Thanksgiving. We'll we'll do another pod before then. Though. We'll do. One at the beginning of next week, kind of wrapping up West Virginia, uh, looking ahead to, to TCU over Thanksgiving. So, uh, yeah, should be a fun weekend. Who does OU play this weekend? They got Kansas. They have Kansas at home, and they go to West Virginia on Friday after Thanksgiving, mm. Black Friday. I won't even get to watch that OU-West Virginia game. Why? They got Tiger Phil. What time is that at? Is it 2 Central? Oh, that'll be over. Oh, use a night game. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's okay, gonna be embarrassing Carson. when it's gonna be embarrassing when Phil shoots eighty-one and it's not even like watchable. It's gonna be embarrassing when they only get through twelve holes. It's gonna be like oh, one of those, daylight. It's gonna be like one of the no because Tiger beats him. Oh, I got six, you now. six and five. Uh, He's gonna Stephen Ames him. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be good. It's gonna be like buying one of those like Mike Tyson fights on pay per view. And like 20 seconds in, you're like, wow, I'm glad I spent $50 on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly what it's going to be like. Did you see Phil roasting Mark Wahlberg's swing on Twitter? <laughs> no. It was amazing. He was he was mocking, like, I guess he has the old Nike square driver that's like 10 years old. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, man, I think, I think Mark's movies aren't doing as well. He's got this old driver. Let me call Callaway real quick. <laughs> It's like your movies aren't doing well, are they? It was fantastic. So Phil will at least provide some comedic value. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. So, okay, Carson, good times today. Uh, we will be back at the beginning of next week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, see you up in Stilly. Okay, see ya.